right, well, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. You can check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. And Brian. Yeah. The Nets. No. 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 <laughs> we, no. They don't deserve it. Um, I don't know what they get. So, so we were recording this Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they're playing the Heat at the moment. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to provide live updates throughout the day. Yeah. You were at the Magic game. I was in the house. It was a sad house. You've heard of the Madhouse. This is the sad house. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just a bad game. It was a bad game and it was bad for obvious reasons. I mean, from the get go, me and, me and our glue intern, whose name we shall not speak of, Voldemort, uh, we were, we called it from the very beginning. I was like, so how soon before, uh, Vucevic, is that his name? I get him and Vucevic mixed up. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Um, Vucevic is just going to go work from the, from the elbow. Just work from the elbow and put Brook Lopez in a horrible position. And it took a whole half of basketball in order to, the, to for the Magic to go to that, you know, time and time again and just put the game out of reach. But, you know, again and again, if me and Voldemort are sitting, you know, at a, at a game and we're just a couple of, Jamokes, you know, we're a couple of Tony Jabronis from East Gia, we don't know, you know, anything about basketball, you know, formally X's and O's wise. And if we could say, you know, send a help defender with, with Brooke Lopez because, you know, Vucevic is killing him on the elbow. He always does. I mean, guys like him and Demarcus Cousins and Greg Monroe, those guys kill Brooke Lopez because, you know, he can't guard that far out. He's just not that good at it. Yeah. So send a help defender. What do we do? He's a body defender. Can That's we can we do what, what does. everyone does when people play Brook Lopez, which is send a help defender, double team him, force turnovers all night long? Have can, we not I don't, paid any attention to what happens? And this is crazy. I think this the then to kind of talk back about the double team fact. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to a whole new level. The double teaming of Brook Lopez. That's just become every game. Every team does it. It's well, become almost like the way that you foul DeAndre Jordan. It's it's beyond. It's so perplexing to me how they cannot i mean obvious it's so obvious how to fix that which is basically run a play you know everyone's just standing there watching brooke lopez feet glued to the court and he's got nobody to pass to and so what so so he's, he's so you know if if somebody kept doing that like i don't know maybe a different coach had you know actually like ran a play while brooke lopez was in the low post which again brooke lopez does not belong with his back to the basket in the low post we've talked about this He's not a good passer at a low post. He doesn't really generate a whole lot of offense out of there. We like to think that he does, but it really is a face-to-the-basket kind of game. And so why put him down there? Because we don't want him driving baseline anyways. Again, not an X's and O's, guys. But <laughs> Right, and it, it, it happens every time because they put him in the wrong position, as you're saying. Yeah. So when he gets the ball sort of near the baseline between the where you stand for a free throw and the three-point line, that general area, immediate mm-hmm. double team. He has no shot of finding anyone open, which is crazy. He's yeah. the tallest guy in the court. You think the simple solution would be just to put the ball up as high as possible, look around real quick, and then fling it to someone. Have a guy, have two guys cut into the basket when, you well, know. And that's, that is also the issue. Mm-hmm. Is that when this team stinks is when they don't move around at all, and it becomes sort of just, we're going to pass around the perimeter and wait and wait and wait and throw up a terrible shot at the end of the shot clock. But it just, it just, you know, Every time I think about this, I think the real problem is we've never had, Brooke Lopez has never really had a coach that has been committed to putting him in position to succeed. You know, he's always been, you know, a guy like, oh, we'd like to see more out of Brooke Lopez. And, and we constantly put him in position to, to be worse than he is. Um, and I think, and I've, you know, we've talked a whole lot about Hollins on the show, but of all the people, like, he, Hollins has really been a, a contributor in, in, in the negative. And, and, you know, aside from the last, you know, two months of, of, uh, last year where Brooke Lopez was improbably successful just because they were running a pick and roll, you know, which they should have been doing all year long anyhow and not benched him 40 games. But, uh, yeah, anyways, so we still have not figured out how to use Brooke Lopez, which seems improbable to me. Well, and I, I mean, it, it's also tough on Hollins because it's sort of like the simple, Something you'd figure a guy would be able to do by the time he's gotten to this point in his career is to be able to pass out of a double team. He's probably been doubled his whole life. You know, I, I know he played with Robin growing up, so I'm sure that was really tough there and, you know, wherever the Bay Area, wherever they grew up. But 
Uh, you know, so I'm, but like I'm sure his entire life he's been double teamed. He's been the tallest guy on the court for his whole life. He was the best offensive player for the Nets probably since he he got here. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think at some point he'd be able to do it. Like at, at some point, there's very little Hollins could actually do. Besides, I think it has to be more on the players. It has to be more of point guards and the guards recognizing that when Brook gets doubled, you have to run to him. You can't. Yeah, it, it it's not it's not like oh I'm gonna float here to the three point line twenty feet away from Brook. You have to run to him to get the ball because he's not gonna find you. Here's what you do: Hollins tells Brook, "Don't put your back to the basket on an ISO play. If you're gonna go ISO, yeah, face the basket every time. Otherwise, that's bad. That's a bad Brook. Bad Brook. And if on the off chance you do find yourself in a broken play with your back to the basket and you don't have your dribble, somebody should cut to the basket for you." That's it. Those are the things you do. And maybe he is saying those. I don't know. I'm not in the room. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't be watching his they every They should put move. us in the room, though. You know, <laughs> you know, I think we could bring a lot of levity. Give the, give the glue guys a call. We will, hopefully, this, we've gotten into this. We're just getting right into it. And we bring more levity normally than, than this. This is a bad example. Than seriousness. Um, yeah. 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 We can, we can really just light up a room. Um, so bring us in, you know, a couple of. I do want to say, speaking of the opposite of levity, seriousness. Mm-hmm. Is that the opposite of levity? Sure. Why sure. not? Um, that, that magic loss was, was really, 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 really bad. Well, it was bad because, um, for me, it was bad because there were just so many opportunities to not have it suck. Like, the starters were getting burned every minute they touched the floor. The starters, bad combination of starters for playing that very spry, very lithe um, Orlando backcourt. You know, just a bad combination of players. Put in the reserves, played pretty well. Larkin looked okay. I mean, like, we, you know, got the game competitive again at some point, and then we just went right back to the starters. And every time, they just, like, you, we never no adjustments ma- being made. No, it's a stick to the plan at all costs, and that's that's all we ever do. We just stick to the plan. And, and this loss is especially bad because the Nets have been playing better. Um, mm-hmm. I have the stat here. If they, if they would have won the game, they would have been four and three in December, yeah. which is just a remarkable improvement from earlier in the year. They would have been five and three in the past eight games. But now they're three and four. They lost to a team that came to their court, a team that they not necessarily should beat. Orlando's better, but a team that you would say maybe 50-50 shot. I don't yeah. know what the line was on the game. Probably not, line, probably but not crazy. 50-50 shot, right? Yeah. So you would hope you would be able to beat them. Or at least have it be not a hideous blowout on your home court. And it's and it's after that. So the, they came back against the Clippers. Awesome comeback. Um, had a shot to win the game. Mm-hmm. Didn't win it. Okay, so that's the typical script that the Nets play. Mm-hmm. And this next game, if they would have won it, we could legitimately be talking about them as, okay, they're not in the bottom tier of NBA teams, which mm-hmm. is a big improvement. Yeah. Well, they're still there. I will say I was happy to have a close look at Mario Hazonia, who is a way faster player than I thought he was. That kid is so – he just moves way differently than I thought he would. He's like a, a stereotype buster. I mean, he yeah. he is the opposite of what you think of as like yes. the, the – usually you think of a European as a crafty swing guard who right. does like the Ginobili type stuff. No, yeah, his his lateral quickness is crazy. Yeah, he's he's yeah. sort of Josh Smithy. Yeah, I mean, better shot, probably not as like not, doesn't have like the you know he doesn't the have the bolt. shoulders. He's not he's not big. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Josh Smith is carrying. You know, Jason the weight. Richardson and, maybe maybe he's got some Jay Rich in his speaking game. Speaking of Jasons of the world, um, is there a more uninteresting player in basketball to you than Jason Smith? Is there is there anyone else? That ranks. Why? That, I don't know. Because he never goes I to just, the post. I saw. I was like, jumpers. I was watching him for probably like you know fifteen minutes, and I was like, oh my god, I was just watching Jason Smith. It was like uh, I had to. I would. I had to. You know, be introspective for a second. Like I have to think about watching Jason Smith. Otherwise, he won't. He'll just blend into the crowd. <laughs> I mean, I would say pretty much the entire Nets team, mm-hmm. besides before when Rondé was hurt. I mean, the entire Nets team yeah. is just the blandest, about as uninteresting as Jason Smith. And Larkin, who's a little bit more fun, but now he has a concussion. Yeah. Somehow he gets a concussion in practice. How are these, how are these practices more competitive than the games? How is this? NBA is famously uh, like a no-practice league. Yeah. It's just nothing hard happens. Don't, don't yeah. Um, Everyone's breaking their legs and concussing themselves. It's madness. Someone who's unlikely to get a concussion. 
Me. Because he doesn't really play any defense as Andrea Bargnani. Mm. Um, well, let's not, I mean, he is also erratic on, on a drive. We, we've <laughs> seen that go awry before. Um, we thought he's, he's one of my favorites. Here he was. Uh, I don't know. I'm in a Until weird place. Until he started playing. I well, mean, I'm in a, yeah, I'm in a weird place with him now. Uh, he. I, Mike's eyes are rolling into the back of his head when he's <laughs> saying that he's. I was so strongly for the 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 signing i was it was a no cost sort of just it's going to like whatever he provides which in the past 3 games he's double digits in every game he scored like 23 a couple games ago 24 yeah yeah i mean and he doesn't really ever play i mean he plays like 10 to 15 minutes every game and yeah um but that clippers game single-handedly won us that 76ers game but that clippers game he was he was the main reason why they ended up losing at the end. I mean, he helped them get to the point to where they could lose a close game, but he gave up so many buckets. I don't know where I am with him because he is clearly like one of the best offensive players this team has. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the only, outside of him, Larkin and Jared Jack, those are the only guys that are looking for their shot. You know, everyone else kind of, even Brooke Lopez at present doesn't really want a whole lot to do with the ball. It, I would love to put Bargnani's mind in Brooke. Like, and Joe John and Joe Johnson too. Joe Johnson's killing me though. Well, really? Ugh. I, I'm, I'm just better with Joe. So tired of watching him. I'm just I I need a new guy to watch. You ever get to that place where it's just I'm tired of you? I need you to go. And Joe really is that guy. Yeah. Joe is just Oh my god. I mean, I you know, you get I get excited when you when he does his little like I'm going to push a guy down low, I'm going to back yeah. him up and then just put a little floater in, but the pool basketball, that's what I call that. That's pool basketball right there. He's going to be really appreciated when he's on yeah, Spurs, Cleveland, Cleveland someone else next year. <clears throat> and he cares again? Not appreciated on this team. Yeah. Um, I just don't know where I am with Bargnani. I mean, are you are you happy when he comes in the game? Do You, you know what? I still am because um, there really is nobody that's just hitting a shot at, at present with any kind of regularity. Um so it's nice to have that hope <laughs> that a guy would come in and like stop a team from just running up the score on you. I mean, yeah, he sucks on a in a variety of ways, <laughs> like massive, like yeah. the the tenets of basketball, like the basic, yeah. like what Naismith decided when he like this is the game of basketball. Yeah. Bargnani is the opposite of what that is supposed to be. He's the anti Bob Cousy. Is that? Um, <laughs> He, yeah, I mean, he's got huge holes in his game, but still, uh, there is some, I mean, I don't have hope that he's gonna like, you know, break through this, you know, glass ceiling that's, that's keeping him down because that's not gonna happen. Um, I would like it if he, if it wasn't just like auto Bargnani time, if they could do some Thomas Robinson here and there. I mean, his minutes just fell off a cliff as soon as Bargnani came back. Um, would like it if there, I mean, there were times in the Orlando game where I would have liked to see Thomas Robinson on your Tobias Harris's, uh, or even on on Vucevic because Brook Lopez couldn't contain him. Um, but yeah, experiment with things like that. Like put Thomas Robinson on the guy that's playing well because he's at least a better. I mean, he's a horrible team defender. Like he gets lost really badly, but you know he generates some some man to man defense that's useful. So there's times yeah. where you would. I mean, I just don't love the idea that it's like it's Barniani time. With four minutes to go, every first quarter, here comes Bargnani. Like we don't, we don't need it to be him Do you locked think into his. Likes Bargnani. I, I honestly, I, I think I take it very literally that Hollins goes into every game and he's like, just gonna stick some players in, and I don't think he cares about any of them. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he cares. I don't. I think he's totally checked out intellectually, emotionally on this team, and he's just like. Doing literally what he was saying in that press conference, like eh, try something like that. I don't know. Pick a guy off the street, pay him three million dollars, and he would roughly do something like that. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think uh, with this team, Bargnani's at a place where like he, he just has to play. But when he's in there, he stunts the growth of everyone else around him. Not like this team has like the young pups that you want, like the D'Angelo Russell, Kobe Bryant situation. Mm-hmm. But it's got he he has to be one of the the, the least enjoyable players to play with, Bargnani. The yeah. minute he touches the ball, and I think Boyan, so Boyan specifically, yeah. constantly sees 
Bargnani open and does not pass in the ball. <clears throat> well, he, like I, I'm not. Maybe other players feel that way too. Maybe Larkin does. I think Larkin gives him the ball plenty. But Boyan, when he's on the floor with Bargnani, Bargnani sets up three steps yeah. within the three point line, always right near the top of the key, wide open because everyone is going to give you that shot. And Boyan sees him open and just will not give it to him because well, because it's like that's like that's happen. my that's my shot. I, I'm supposed to miss that shot. Right. I'm, I'm the guy that misses I'm trying the shots to get traded. <laughs> just a, a good team. I can't give I'm it to Bargnani. I'm the guy that misses shots on this team, Andrea. Um. Meanwhile, Boyan, that guy's got to do a little bit better if he wants I to be in this he's league. Just so limited. He just really needs to not be shooting like 28 percent from the three point line. If he if he tacked on 10 percent in that regard, he might be an NBA player. But at present, he is also a guy that's getting too many minutes, unfortunately. Um, so there's the Miami game tonight. Uh, again, we're recording this on a Wednesday. The, the, so the schedule gets a little bit easier. I mean, the Nets have had, I tweeted this out, uh, last week, I think it was. The Nets opponents winning percentage is the second highest in the league so far this year. So if you're going to look for a little sliver of hope, it's that the Nets have played a really hard schedule, and maybe as the schedule gets easier, they play more games against the Sixers, even though that Sixers game was close to being a debacle. That, that was the ugliest game maybe ever. Oh, my gosh. That, that was... That could like, just... Like, watching that game was like watching... Oh, God. It was... I was... I was pulling my... Like, you know, pulling my hair out. Um, because, <laughs> like, I was... What a you, lame you hated phrase. how rote what that was. What a terrible <laughs> phrase that... You know, well, wait, great descriptor, Mike. That really paints the picture. Yeah. Um, by the way, the Nets are up by five. Hey. Um, but I was immediately going through the scenarios, life flashing. That's for being up five. Are you uh, sure these drops are up high enough, Mike? I'm worried. Give me, give me that again. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, we have, we have news on Dropgate. Oh yeah? Do you have emails? People went crazy. It was, and you know, both ways. Honestly, both ways. I think being uh, divisive is, or divisive, is. Uh, it's divisive. It's not. So I've heard divisive. <laughs> Who was it? An Englishman? Is that? I don't know. I have been watching a lot of Graham Norton. Do you know who that is? Is that who's saying divisive? That Do you know who Graham like Norton is? Advertisement. Does, do you say advertisement? Oh. <laughs> but anyways, who is he, Graham Norton? He's uh, he's like the. Uh oh. Like the late night main late night guy in in England, what he does is he brings all the people on the oh, couch at yeah, the same yeah. time. I've seen this guy, which does. But but what I'm getting, I'm getting like the distilled version of that show. I don't know how often it's on, so I get the best 15 minutes of a whole season. Great 15 minutes of stars flirting <laughs> with each other. Wait, what do you mean you get this? What are you talking about? YouTube. Oh, oh so I think you're like you get like sent to like a like a subscription just, DVD. Or I don't something. know what's happened to me. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happened to me. I've become like uh, subtly obsessed with late night TV chat shows. Like when I see Jennifer Lawrence is going to be on Colbert, I got to wow. watch the interview. I don't know why no I I care. I don't care. Yes, I you really do, Mike. You do care, care because Jennifer Lawrence and Stephen Colbert are your idols who do you like do you i don't don't, the jennifer lawrence thing i'm just i I think you had to see her in an interview she really is i just don't just so different i don't have a whole (laughs) lot of like just like attraction to just like strangers necessarily attractive that's not not attractive you know like not just physical i mean like i don't know i just i i'm interested in what so like sometimes i like to see interviews with like comedians and stuff like i like to see or you know what i like is that jimmy fallon thing where he does the the karaoke wheel thing he had jamie fox on that guy's a real entertainer that guy's amazing. okay i am yeah. i think jamie fox may be one of the most talented people in the world insane yeah it, it, it is crazy how skilled he is when he sang on top of spaghetti as jennifer hudson yeah where did how, is really good. I mean, he's also think about it, he's a comedian. He's a you know co- comedy on its own is a very difficult medium to work in. You know? Did I tell you? So my wife, uh, she works for a company that you, you didn't say that right. My wife. No, say my wife. My <laughs> wife. I am looking for my wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife uh, works for a company that edits TV commercials. Jamie Fox was directing or being in one of these TV commercials. And most of the time, the stars of the commercials don't come in because it's just being edited. It's not a big deal. But he came in playing ping pong with people. They have a ping pong table in their office where, they, wow. where she was. Um, just a great guy. 
I don't. I didn't pick up that vibe from him. I don't pick up that he's a great guy. I think he's probably a funny guy. No, he can be really mean. That guy. Yeah. Be, have you seen that one thing about the, the Shaquille O'Neal roast? Yeah, that thing is brutal. I mean, it's super funny, but I felt bad for that guy. My coworker sent me an interview where he talked about that. Yeah, and he, he, he really bad. has no, no. Yeah. He has no apologies about that. <laughs> he was like, basically, um, he eviscerated. I don't know if you've seen the clip, our listeners, who I'm talking to now, but Michael put up the link with the. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, never do that. Yeah, that's too much work. But there's there's an old Shaquille O'Neal roast where Michael Irvin was there, and I think Emmett Smith was like the. It was the, the roast of Emmett Smith. That's right. Yeah. And there's some no name comedian. Jamie Foxx is the moderator. What is his name? It's so it's he's like it's, it's like, like Donald Williams. Ellison or something. It's Williams something Williams, right? Billy D. I'm thinking, yeah. of, I'm thinking of D. Sloan. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, do you have the decent one drop? He's probably getting some minutes right now. I gotta. <laughs> Are you sure this is up high enough? I'll turn it up a little bit more. Um, so anyway, so during the roast, this no-name comedian goes up there and is just bombing, not funny. And Jamie Foxx does this thing where he says, he starts talking over him as if he's his conscience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so brutal. It's brutal. I mean, basically, like, guy shutting, shutting the guy down. Guy just, doesn't like, exist anymore. Can't speak. So I saw the interview about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really brutal. It, yeah. there, there's no other way to I mean, it starts it. out funny, and then he keeps up with it, and it's just like, the guy tra- can't get in a word in edgewise. And, and he just, yeah. he leaves the stage. Yeah. He, he's, he says, well, that's it for me. But, um, Jamie Foxx is just like, eh, yeah, not a big deal. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's what we do in comedy. That's how we do it. Well, well it's a cutthroat game. Love Jamie Foxx, though. Yeah, I mean the guy's amazing. Uh, do you? So what's all this? The inbox emails and stuff. Oh wait, first we gotta before we do anything like that, we gotta hit the you know what. Mail time. Mail time. Should I have? Should we have not let that go as long as? We no, did? I love it. We probably. I love that drop. Uh, by probably, the way, <laughs> I was waiting for you to come in. There's no way we're getting rid of these drops. I'm just going to say that at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> to, okay. Well, let me just say that. I mean, so f- thanks to everyone that wrote in netspod at gmail dot com. Um, wow, Brian. It's it's great. Been, great plug. You like it's been a great. Uh, it's been a great ride. Um, you guys. You guys. <laughs> this is our last podcast. <laughs> You guys really keep me keep me going. Um, so basically, I mean, pretty much the majority of of the tweets or sorry, the emails that I got were you know weighing in on on drops v not drops, and I'm not going to give the exact numbers, but I will say that drops did win by like it was like a all right. Here's the numbers. You want the numbers? Yeah, it's ten to four. Drops. Okay, big drops. Okay, that's that's but a big margin. Still, four people <laughs> wrote in to be like, eh. that's actually a lot. Too. <laughs> it's a lot. That's a big number. You know what it is? And I've decided because they they make they make some 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 valuable points. And it's like basically the qual the sound quality is not there for the, for the drop, and that's on me. <laughs> that's on me. And there's you know it's they're particularly loud. Some of the horn ones are you know yeah we're, we're, we're yeah we're still working. We on talked that. about this in the pre- in the pre production meeting. We talked about how we're going to uh, level out those drops, but that means the drops are in. I think the first time we we did the horn with the email questions, it was extremely loud. Yeah, and that's sort of and on that me. colored everyone's because that was a well listened to. That was like the season premiere podcast or something, right? Right. We got at least two million downloads, I think. I think it was two two to three million. Roughly around there. Um You want some emails though? Yeah, do we have emails? Hell yeah, we had emails. We're talking about Al LaForest. You may remember him as That was a reasonable level right there. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it down. I'm trying to respect those four people. <laughs> keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> um Al, thanks for all all your emails. I really, you know, sorry that I don't I don't have the um, the finger dexterity to write back as fast or as often as I would like. Um, I'm just generally Mike can attest to this. Not great at responding to people ever. Not the um, best. That's I like to. I have a podcast for every person in my life. This is just my Nets podcast. <laughs> I've got my parents' podcast, and I just respond to all their emails at once in a podcast. Um, <clears throat> that's not true. Uh, he he sent me a couple of emails. Uh, something about free agency. He's saying, uh, just to distill it, Barnes versus DeRozan, as in Matt Barnes versus DeRozan as targets 
for uh, free agency. I mean, Barnes is a hyper realistic free agent that we could we could very feasibly get. Um, DeRozan what? less so. But what between those two? I mean, yeah. Would you would who would you want, Smeltz? I mean, I want. DeM- well, actually, I don't know if I would want Demar Derozan just because watching him is Joe two point not that much fun. Give me uh, Matt Barnes. Give me some uh, what? And well, the fa- I mean, I want to get too silly with this. Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher in the same city would be fun. I guess we would get something. You think they would actually end up fighting? We have to manufacture excitement with this team, and that's, that's the rough. way to do it. Next up, it's your boy Robbie Rose. That's Robbie Rose, everyone. An old favorite. Robbie, always appreciate you uh, reaching out. Um, love you, man. Uh, basically, his his um, question to us, outside of he, he is a vocal, one of the most vocal keep the drops dude, which he he's a man of arts and leisure and... <laughs> He knows, he knows what the ethos of this podcast is all about. So I take his, I, I count his vote as like five votes in my mind. Or more. Ten. Definitely, yeah, ten. At least ten. Ten, um, ten to eleven. So, anyways, outside of that, he, he had read into this, um, a couple of the, like, power rankings from last week said, um, a couple of power rankers said we should trade Thaddeus Young at this point. Um, and Robbie was thinking, he was wondering if we think that that's a serious consideration. I'll tell you what, it'd be a lot more fun if we did. Really? I really like Thaddeus Young. He's having a great year, shooting, what was like 52% from the field. Um, seems like a great guy. Important to have on your team. I'm sure other player, players want to play with him because he does sort of the dirty stuff. But, the fact is that the two best trade assets on this team are Brooke and Thad, and I think it's very likely that one or both will get traded before the end of their contract. I'm, I, I, you know, if Billy King was really looking at to to do things with this team to shake it up in some way, those are the guys you trade. But what are you going to get back? Are you going to get back a first round pick for Thad Young? I think I mean, you can get a first round pick for Thad Young. Um, at this, I mean, he's. Pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. But I mean, like, is that going to be a, a, like a it's fifth, not worth a, a it. 15th pick? I it's mean, not worth it, but it's not the trade I would make. No, I mean, my point is that, like, so we're in no position to blow this team up, obviously. Like, there's no nothing to be gained. This has been talked about. No real reason to be any worse than we are uh, unless you have your own pick, which we don't, and we can't have it back. Maybe if we traded them to Boston for our pick back, that would make sense. How exciting would that be? It, <laughs> to get the pick of the pick back? And, and, and any trade possible. It could yeah. be the whole roster just for the one first round pick in this year. Mm-hmm. I think Nets fans would take that, right? You, you it would, sounds like it. It sounds like they you, would. You would take blowing up the entire team just for that one yeah. pick back. Yeah. And it could be the fifth pick in the draft and draft that looks good, but if don't you don't they get, all, don't they always if you don't get Ben Simmons, happens. apparently it's not, or Scal Labrese. I'm trying here. You're I'm doing trying. It. You're nailing it. By the way, I'm excited. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has a, they have a pod. He's a podcast coming out with all of him and the Yahoo NBA writers. Excited. Mm-hmm. Draft Express, the best draft website, you know, out there. They're going to be a part of it. What's unfortunate is that as a Nets follower, the draft doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist. Mm. One of the most fun parts of being an NBA fan. Doesn't happen. Doesn't exist. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find, I'm sifting through the, uh, <clears throat> may have had my numbers wrong. I think there are actually only three people that said that they don't like the drops. Um, let me give a shout out though. I mean, I don't think there's any more just like proper questions, but let me just give a shout out to people like, uh, Louis Estevez who, who hit us up a couple times. Um, had a couple of nice drunken emails from him. That was that was really good. He mentioned that he, I'm not just I'm not just inferring that. Um, a couple other guys, Nathan Upson, shout out to you. These are just I'm just shouting out the people that that said keep the drops and wrote me nice long things. Right, Stephen Scarpula, out in Mississippi. He says he's missing Brooklyn. Feel for you, bro. Yeah, um, Mississippi is beautiful though. Is it? <laughs> Have you been? To That's Mississippi? what you say. That's what you just say. But I don't I say that. Yeah. I've never said that before. Um. All right. Yeah. Why don't we do uh, news around the league? Right. Hey, hang on, hang on. Let me get to the news because we have a killer comparison. It's the news. Ah! 
Um, can, can I say one thing? I say yes. in in those drop emails that were endorsing the drops, people refer to the news drop as their favorite more frequently than any of the other ones. But they haven't heard a lot of the mail drop yet, so we'll see. Yeah, that, I think that's becoming my favorite. Um, yeah, mine too. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was slated to return uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night against the Thunder. He will not, but he's returning soon. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cavs are 16 and 7, first in the East. The East is better this year than it has been for a while, but, uh, how big of a gap is it between, as Kyrie comes back, between the Cavs and everyone else? Is it, is it a gap so big that it, it almost doesn't matter how good the rest of the teams are in the East? Is there really anyone else? I would say, Yes, that it does, that it does not matter. They're better than everyone else by, I mean, their record doesn't really reflect that. Um, but they won't not get to the finals. They are going to be in the finals. Right. Yeah. It's almost, it, it, it would be, I mean, they're, they are first in an improved East and they don't have Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Their second best player, right? Better than Kevin Love. Doesn't really matter. I mean, more, more important on this particular team than Kevin Love. Yeah. Right. So. It's, uh, you know, the, it, it makes me feel better as an Eastern Conference fan, fan of the Wizards and following the Nets that the East is better. It's less embarrassing that, you know, that you follow this conference that, you know, you used to be just a complete joke. But, but really it's better because they're better, you know, in the, from like the upper middle tier to the lower middle tier. Mm-hmm. They're not, there's not a second team. There's no Chicago Bulls we're hoping, or Chris Stapps and Carmelo aren't aren't going to be good enough this year. No, not going to happen. Um, but and that's like it, the Chicago Bulls is the next team that we talk about outside of the Cavs. Is, I know is bad. I mean, it, the Hawks aren't even in the in the conversation anymore. Yeah, and and the Hawks are really interesting because they're going to. I think Al Horford's a free agent at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. They constantly kind of want to trade Teague. Yeah. Um, there, there's a good shot that, that like they end up just flipping a bunch of people. I mean, right now they're out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're 14 and 12. Orlando's 13 and 11. So it's by, when a, was the by last, a margin. I got to look this up, but when was the last time an Eastern, Con- I mean, at, at any point in this, in the, in the season that an Eastern Conference team was that many games over 500 and not in the playoffs? That's a good point. You know? uh, We'll have to look I up. couldn't even begin to <laughs> stats whizzes out there. Yeah. Come on. Um, second story, Dwight <laughs> Howard. So news came out this week that Dwight Howard, I forget who reported to begin with, and I apologize to that person if you're listening, and thank you for listening if you are. Um, that Dwight <laughs> Howard is, is apparently unsatisfied that he is playing second fiddle to James Harden in Houston. And I, the USA Today is reporting today that Dwight Howard will opt out at the end of the year. He has a, he has a two year contract, but this next, next season is opt outable. So walk me through Dwight Howard's decision here. What, why is he making this known to everyone? Why not just do it at the end of the season quietly? And well, like what, what is he trying to drum up attention so that the suitors will get their ducks in a row? Is this the whole? I think the ducks are, he's asking for ducks to be rowed. Mm hmm. He's asking for maybe aligned, aligned please. Align stars align. Ducks, ducks aligned. Ro- ducks a row. Yeah, okay. Um he's asking for maybe the idea of a trade to be floated out there because this I mean they've already fired their coach. The team has played better under the coach, I guess, but they still lost to the Nets. Hey, twice. Um so you know, if I'm Dwight Howard and I don't want to be there, my motivation for maybe putting this out there or having someone in my camp put this out there is that maybe I can be flipped in a trade now. I could get to a team who's good, see if I like it, kind of test it out, a tester market, and then I'll opt in or I'll opt out and sign a five-year deal. Now, the question is, like, do you really want five years of uh, Dwight Howard? Do you want the next five seasons of Dwight Howard with how he's been? No, at a don't. max contract because it's going to be a max contract. <clears throat> well, and also with the concept that he—I mean—to take him at his word here, and I'm not sure that we should, but let's let's just do it for for the sake of argument. Yeah, you know, this being a podcast and all. Um, if he wants to actually be the primary, like the go-to guy on any on the whatever next team he's on, that'll be a problem for any team. You you don't want Dwight Howard to be your go-to guy at this point in his career. 
He's a nice, I mean, not a nice addition. He's better than a nice addition, but he's a really good complimentary player. He's really just not, and, and I do not believe, so some of the scuttlebutt around it is that he doesn't feel like he's being used properly in Houston. I don't really believe that. I know he's, a, he's an efficient player, but he's just not peak Dwight, peak Dwight Howard was a physical freak and rebounding like crazy, putting everything back, scoring a ton of points. He's, Sort of Kenneth Faridish. I mean, they, now. they did exactly what basically the Houston Rockets are. I would even probably argue a better version of the Orlando Magic team that he was on when they went to the finals, um, last year when they went to the conference finals. Basically the same model, shoot tons of threes and let him clean up everything. You know, that's cause he's not, you know, he doesn't do anything else, but you know, benefit off of basically like offensive rebound plays or plays where he can back the guy in very closely and is already in position like well in advance. Uh, so it's like, you know, it's a, like basically all they did was surround him with three point shooters. Like they did with Orlando and they benefited from it enormously. The fact that they lost to, you know, what is now seen as maybe the best team ever, perhaps in the, you know, golden state warriors. They, how, how, how is it so difficult for them to just get back to that model? Like, why, why is it not working for them? Did they, were they just lucky and the shots are falling for a whole season or like what's going on? And it seems that way. It seems that they were just lucky that they should have lost to the Clippers (laughs) in what would that have been the second round? Um, This is the second round of the playoffs. They should have lost to Clippers. They didn't. I mean, again, credit goes to them for getting there, but they aren't that good this year. They're just not. And, And what's interesting is that they have the most active GM in the league. These stories are being floated out there. I'm sure Dwight Howard knows that they have the most active GM in the league. He's obviously been influenced by him by going to Houston already. Um, you know, if things, let's say things just continue to be sort of the same level, which is like not that good. 500 basketball. Houston should, should in all interest, Trade him ASAP. Maybe trade him. I don't even know where. Like, what, what's a good fit for Dwight Howard at this point? I, you know, I don't know if like Cleveland wants to do uh, Tristan Thompson, something else. You know, like some package of Tristan Thompson with a bunch of picks and stuff like that, and you flip for Dwight Howard. But really, that doesn't really do that much for Cleveland. And Tristan Thompson's the exact opposite of the type of player Houston would want. I don't know. What is interesting, okay. Would you rather have Brooke Lopez or Dwight Howard for the next four years? Let's say four years. Not counting this season, but going oh, forward. Man. I think I would actually want Brooke Lopez. I think I would. I mean, I with, agree. with the way that the team is constructed, like if we had a different team with better players and an actual point guard, I might be saying something different. But just a one for one, that does not help us at where we're at. And no one's obsessed with Brooke Lopez. Good player, mm-hmm. good offensively, blah, blah, blah. I think Dwight Howard, if you just take away the name, you look at what you have at the moment, not that awesome. If you, I mean, if you want to say like, you know, we're not utilizing Brooke Lopez's skill set well because he's like a difficult player to figure out, like substitute that with Dwight Howard's craziness. And then on top of that, add like the fact that he's both a difficult player to figure out and a difficult player to have on your team because he's kind of a moody guy. Which Brooke Lopez seems to be like the most improbably like sweet dude in the Just world. A nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of sweet people, mm-hmm. Chris S. Porzingis, sweet guy. Is he a sweet guy? Yeah. Well, right. He seems nice. Mark Spears of Yahoo spoke with Mello and Chris Steps. It's sort of the main thrust of his story was that, so when Jeremy Lin happened, um, Carmelo sort of behind the scenes was, Famously not happy with Jeremy Lin getting all this attention and sort of forced Jeremy Lin out. The article was essentially saying that Carmelo completely supports Chris Stapps, is happy that he's getting all this press and he's doing really well. Uh, Carmelo said, I mean, was quoted in it by saying, no one can separate me and Porzingis or something like that. Um, what? What does that mean? Something like, like not going to let the media di- divide them. Or? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm sure Mark Spears asked him the question. You know, there were reports out there that that you and Jeremy Lin didn't get along quite as well. That you were maybe jealous of the spotlight of Jeremy Lin. Chris Stapps is getting a ton of press right now. He's the toast of of New York. How do you feel? And then Carmelo said, you know, 
mean, I'm happy for him. I'm supportive of him. Then Chris said all the right things in the article. He said, you know, Mello's play gives him wide open looks and he, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, but there's also this other theory out there that, you know, so the Knicks are playing well, but if they really want to maximize sort of their future opportunities, they have to trade Carmelo because Chris Stapps, while good, is still going to take a couple of years before he's awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, they definitely should. Okay. Yeah, they definitely should, and they should do it now before his knee goes out again. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what they need to do. Yeah. What do you get? Dwight Howard? <clears throat> um, That's actually, that would be a trade. You could get Dwight and other stuff. If you could or th- throw, throw in Robin Lopez, because having the two of those guys on the same team is a little redundant. Well, you could do a three-teamer. You could throw Robin to somewhere else. Somewhere that needs a center. I don't know anything about the Knicks, like, financial situation. Robin's getting... Is well, I guess getting... you wouldn't even want Dwight Howard. If you want, if you want Chris Stapps, if you have Chris Stapps, you just want picks. Um, I don't know who, who of the really good teams would have picks. Could you convince the Lakers <laughs> to give you a pick and say, hey, you can have Carmelo with other people, then you bring in other stars and you're... You know what they need is a point guard. They need to trade for a point guard. Today. Yeah. Yesterday. So, uh, do you think the Knicks are going to do something? Do you no, think Phil think Jackson are. would make the move to get rid of Carmelo? That's not happening, right? In if, my opinion, it's not happening. But uh, I think I think if Phil Jackson is if like left to his own devices, I think hey, totally that could happen. I wonder whether like a James Dolan is going to let that kind of thing go down. Um, but if he's operating entirely on his own, I don't see a reason why Phil Jackson wouldn't. I mean, the guys. I mean, they're not, they're gonna be, be playing 500 ball with the two of them together for two years before Chris Stapps, like, really becomes a consistent. I mean, the guy's got amazing skills, but he also has very, like, you know, fairly obvious flaws. Um, just generally kind of losing his touch for, for losing focus for periods of times, you know, just generally he's just, not contributing. He's a rookie, yeah, and he's young rookie. and, um, he's kind of limited because his body doesn't allow him to do a lot. Honestly, of and I would rather have him take all of Carmelo's shots. I mean, whenever I watch those games, it's just like Carmelo's shot decisions are so bad. I can't like watching him play just sucks so bad. I can't, he's one of my least favorite players to watch. Yeah, and I'm a Carmelo supporter just because I think it's unfair to say you can't win a championship with Carmelo Anthony. I think you can. It's just he just needs he, to be like the third option. Yeah, he would need to be another like another guy. I mean, for him to be shooting. You, whatever, like 39% at, at the tick that he's, you know, the, the kind of shots that he's taking. It's just, it's unnecessary. You don't, he doesn't need to be taking such difficult shots to be shooting 39%. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I don't know. Something about him just always rubbed me the wrong way. Just about his, like, decision making skills. Yeah. Um, what, what, here's what I think is going to happen is that I think the Knicks are going to hold on to Camilla for the whole year. The smart thing to do. Okay. Not what will happen, what they should happen. Have Camilla for the whole year. You build goodwill within the fan base. They go to the playoffs. Chris Stapps gets that experience, blah, blah, blah. This summer, uh, free agency goes through the roof, right? There's not that many good players. So they have this asset. They probably have the, one of the best trade assets out there who's act like that you would actually, actually consider trading. Knicks wait it out, wait for free agency to happen. There's going to be five to six teams that are going to have max salary space and nothing to show for it. And you say, okay. Here's Carmelo Anthony. You guys bid amongst yourselves and give us the best offer. Yeah, I mean they're in good position so long as his his knee doesn't flare up again and you know throw a wrench in the in the machine. Should we do yeah, killer comparison? Yeah, of course we should. So, uh, ooh, sorry, I came in a little hot there. So, <clears throat> me and. Me and Mike are Mike and I are are big into into Star Wars. We like the Star Wars, and I don't know if you people know out there, but um, but Star Wars is something that happened many years ago. <laughs> what are you trying to say here? <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a, there's a new movie out. It's Mike's going. He's standing. If online. you don't know, okay. So so here's the, uh, you're not doing. Oh, I'm okay. joking, Mike. Obviously, I'm massive Star Wars fan over here. 
pointing to God. myself. He I don't totally, know about you. Totally humorless Star Wars um, fans. So, such a And you're, you're treating this with a laissez-faire attitude that I do not appreciate. This is wow. the biggest movie opening of all time. Ass. So we are seizing upon that momentum and doing a killer comparison. If you don't know what a killer comparison is, we, we take a... <laughs> doesn't really have, so it doesn't mad. have a, doesn't have a rule. Uh, it's just a th- it's a time when we do stupid stuff. It's a, it allows us to talk about other stuff than basketball and the Nets. But we try to we try to compare it to basketball. I guess that's the comparison. Yes. Um. So <clears throat> we in the production meeting we spent a couple hours kicking around ideas. Uh, what we would do for tonight's killer comparison. Uh, the trash can was filled with wadded up paper because we couldn't f- quite figure it out. We knew it had to do something with Star Wars. Had to be perfect. And then I, I just a light bulb went off and I said, Mike, what if we chose five players each from the Star Wars universe to play a game of basketball against each other? But, but there's a twist. The players that you choose cannot be, they cannot be characters from uh that that recurred in more than one not even two but you know so if they were in a film they cannot be in a second film or a third film there's six films for those of you who don't know and the major characters make me so mad he, by even explaining this so okay fine skip all that well like the, the fact that there are six films there's six films there's this guy named luke skywalker oh, there's you make me so mad there's this here's uh, actually yoda's a uh, anyways go ahead here's a synopsis of star wars we haven't seen it what? You're about to do exactly... <laughs> a guy from the farm makes out with his sister and kills his father. That's... Yeah. Good. That's is that like a joke that you've told before or something? Yeah. Is that... Told multiple times. God, you are... Okay. Our, you are so we're picking a basketball team from Star Wars characters that have only been in one movie, right? Yes. So I hope most of my choices... I tried to find one movie. I went to StarWars.com to well, see... you can be sh- rest assured I will call you out because... <laughs> I I am a closeted Star Wars nerd, and I probably know a lot more than you think. Okay, so I don't wear it on my sleeve. Should like we? Some... Anyways, go ahead. What's your favorite Star Wars movie, Brian? You're gonna get See, so mad when I say. Even asking that question, I don't You're even. I don't even mad. like that. Que- that question sucks. I hate that. Que- if it's if it's one of the first, like if it's Episode One through Three, you're done. You're dead to me. And it is, isn't it? I tried to watch. No, no, no. I, well, no, no. I tried to watch Episode Two yesterday and i got so mad i get furious how could you screw it up so badly how could it be i mean really really those movies are just i mean episode three has parts episode one the final battle scene is pretty cool episode three has parts in comparison to two and one comparison but it's a bad bad movie right all right so how should we do should we do center you say your center i say my center you know like we should do a position by position. Yeah, we'll go position by position. That's good. That's you, good. You, uh, you we'll start with the, the point guard. Start with the point guard. What, who you got? You got running point on the squad. General Grievous. See, that's who I got at my two. But, okay. Actually, oh. maybe three. Well, okay. So I have him. He's a bit of a Rajon Rondo type. Moody, mm-hmm. for sure. Not he's ex- big. He's got a big body. Not exactly a motivational speaker, but he, he's quick, strong, wiry. I'm looking at the arms. Yeah. Forearms. Yeah, um, forearms as your point guard, you want... More arms. Those is good. options. More arms is better. Um, that passes the one movie test. I've got R five D four. R five D four. You may may not remember him by name. He was the red droid that Luke Skywalker originally purchases on Tatooine when he has to get a, a new droid for his for his uncle. How you even explain? It? Everyone knows that. Anyways, get this. Here's why I pick him. R five D four later. Canon. This is Canon. They explain. They also call him Skippy. So this is Skippy. So basically, um, <laughs> the his, his they have a, the motivator. The motivator is what malfunctions, right? So if if R five D four is motiv- motivator doesn't malfunction, Luke doesn't get R two D two. Doesn't get the message from Leia. The whole thing doesn't happen, right? What they did with R five D four is they said that he has what do they call it? Let me see what this is. Um, oh, he's a force sensitive droid. So, R5D4 has the force in him a, a little bit, and he has a vision of the future Who in which, said this? in which Luke Skywalker buys R5D4, and the rebellion fails, everyone dies, and it's horrible. And so, R5D4 uses the force to blow his own motivator off of its head. Wow. So, so I'm using the R5D4 as my point guard 
to predict the future of the game so that if <laughs> we just are going to lose anyhow, we just don't show up. We just rest. Rest that night. <laughs> Save our strength for the next game, you know? Get a whole, you get 82 game season. I could see R5D4 being a, like an assistant GM type. I don't really know if you want him out on the floor of the game. All right, fine. Fine. What a great story. <laughs> a great story regardless. You're going to want him on your team just to, you know, See the, just see the future. He could tell, uh, you know, my shooting guard, Darth Maul, who you probably have on your team. I, I took him off. Why? Because I thought that was too obvious. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. But anyway, I want him. You know, he's good. And also his, his pointy little head would pop the pas- the basketball and it would be deflated. No, he would pop your forehead and then dunk the basketball <laughs> on your deflated forehead. <laughs> um, so he's your shooting guard? Darth yeah, Maul? he's my, he's my well, team. Well, no. Oh, wait. Uh, so he's, so R5D4 is gonna use the force to tell Darth what's the next, you know, what's the next move. Wait, so who's your shooting guard? Is it? Darth Maul. Is Grievous then your I, I move, I'm moving Grievous to, to my three. Okay. Um, why Darth Maul? Uh, Darth Maul because, you know, he's obviously, he's lean, he's quick, he's, but you can tell he's very coordinated. He's a, he's a guy you want. He's like a kind of almost like you know Jordan. I, I feel like he would be you know multitasker, the, or maybe even more like a Charles Sprewell because he's so violent. You know, well, and he can focus on one thing but yet still be doing something else with the dual lightsaber. I mean, he's not. There's no lightsabers in this, so get that out of your head. No, no, no. But that that proves the fact that he can do multiple things. That he can handle um, sort of navigating a pick and roll, but yet also you know pass or shot. That's a dual lightsaber decision. Pass or shot. He can handle that situation because he has, he's proven that he can handle sort of both ends of That's the weird. sword. Okay. All right. Uh, I put Django Fett. Um, I took Django Fett off. Well, one of the deadliest bounty hunters known to the galaxy ever. Yeah. Uh, one of the best marksmen also well known. Uh, I need shooting on my team. You'll see I, I went big on size. Yeah. So I really needed a good shooting guard. Yeah. You get shooting. You know, I'm uh, moving... So, so I really, so Django and also he's athletic. He, you know, he, he, he's yeah. sort of the father of the clones. He's Australian, weirdly. It's New Zealand? Is that what it is? Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. There's a lot. There's, yeah. you More. know, and there's, as Larry Caston says, you know, Road Empire and, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, explaining less is better. Mm-hmm. There's too much explanation of one through three. Yeah. I really didn't need to know about the taxes. Didn't really need to know. Just, there's just a lot of... About the taxis? Is that what you just said? The tax, the, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It all is a tax dispute, allegedly. Right, right. Um, yeah. God, I, 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 I like blocked those movies out. I don't even like follow them. Those were devastating. Yeah. I really, and I really like, I feel bad for, I feel, it's, it's, George Lucas is like DeAndre Jordan at the end of the game when teams are fouling him. Mm. <laughs> This is a big moment, huge moment, all right? Yeah. Really important. I just can't George it. Lucas is really good. Like, generally, like, he created the greatest film franchise Look in history. Your, you guys have to see Mike's face when he's and, talking about George Lucas. And But yet he gets... He, be, the creation of with which he became famous is actually leading to his greatest misery. It's because mm-hmm. people just keep shitting on him. If you just did American Graffiti and a bunch of other stuff... People would think of him as a kind of quirky director who did interesting stuff. He created Star Wars, made billions of dollars, but he's also kind of like just like gotten shit on constantly. That like, oh, now with all the reviews out, J.J. Abrams did something that you know George Lucas didn't. He made the franchise better as it moved on. Um, it's sort of like DeAndre Jordan. Mm. DeAndre's really good from. The beginning of the game to a certain point, but then he gets fouled. And Look, Mike, the killer comparison is not which filmmaker is like what player. Okay? <laughs> which we'll do for Oscar season. <laughs> we'll probably do that for Oscar season. Um, so moving, moving that. So I'm going to move Gravis to my four. Actually, I'm putting. Oh him my up. god, no, he's not that big. Yeah, I think he's he is, not nearly large. He's pretty enough. big. Um, who I have as my three is Chaboy IG88, who is one of the bounty hunters that is tasked with getting Han Solo. He's in that meetup with the other bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back. You know that crew. You've seen that crew. Is he the one with the 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 robot? He's the robot robot. with the red eyes all around his head. Um, So IG-88, an assassin droid, get this. So upon his activation, IG-88 killed his creators 
and put his consciousness into three other IG series droids. That's IG eighty eight B, IG eighty eight. Sort of like Voldemort and the Horcruxes. IG eight eighty eight D. I don't want to talk about that. Um anyways, so Did you see there's the new trailer yet? Is that a thing? I don't even that's not even on my <laughs> radar. So at one point, IG eighty eight effectively uploads his consciousness to the Death Star. Okay, this is before the Death Star explodes, but he has plans to... Where are you un- getting this stuff? It's canon. This is from the novels, but it's on... <laughs> I don't think it's canon, then. It's canon. No, they have they have novels that are canon and novels that aren't. Okay, so you're getting these from the canon, not This is canon, canon stuff. Canon. So, IG-88 uploads his consciousness into a Death Star. This is right before Luke blows up the Death Star. So, IG-88... four or six? Six. See, it's gotta that, be six. That I'm thinking is six, but... Anyways, it's hard. Yeah, it's got to be six, right? Because, well, maybe right. not. I don't know. Because it's just his consciousness. But anyway, so his this guy's like hell bent on just having like droids run the world, basically. Anyways, I'm thinking, have him upload his consciousness onto the scoreboard and just. <laughs> That's not how it works. Just, just get the points up. That's not <laughs> how basketball works. Just because all the scoreboard doesn't mean it's correct. Upload the consciousness to the scoreboard. Megatron. That's really smart, Brian. <laughs> no, it actually is smart, but. Okay, my small forward is Captain Maru Maru. Captain Maru Maru. He is the uh, Wookiee chieftain in episode wow. three. The, okay. you, you know when all the Wookiees die? Yeah. Uh, so Maru Maru, a lot of size, athleticism. But what I need him for is leadership. You know, he's sort of my Paul Pierce. Kind of older, a veteran of, of battles of with which we <laughs> want to win in future sense. Sure. Um, you'll see with the rest of my team, I already have General Grievous. Moody, right? Yeah. Django Fett, sort of a mercenary. You know, a little bit of like a, hmm. I don't know, like a Dwight Howard is a mercenary in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need Captain Maru Maru. I need the leadership. Paul Pierce. I need, I need the, the, the guy who's going to rally my troops. My next two choices are sort of brainless. So I need someone like Maru Maru to kind of come through in the end and really, you know, like help me out and really direct my franchise. And my coach, I feel like, will provide a lot of that as well, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Well, I can tell you what, Maru Maru is going to get eaten up by my center, the Wampa from Hoff. Uh, the Wampa is the Yeti, the Yeti. So freaking lame. Animal. That's your choice? That's your choice. Oh, I'm, my team's going to destroy you. No, it's not. The Wampa? The Wampa is 9'8". Oh my eight, God. 440 pounds. Oh, 9'8", real tall. Don't, okay, please. How please. tall is Muru Muru? He, Maru Maru is my small forward. Wait, where are your players? Where, you're only at the third player? Yeah, what the player are you at? That's my last player. <laughs> where are all your players? Cause you went through Grievous. You move Grievous, you keep moving Grievous down. Yeah, but I still had, oh, go through your team again, real quick. Uh, Django Fett's my shooting guard. General Grievous is my point guard. Uh-huh. And Captain Maru Maru is my small forward. Alright. Well, Wampa, my you've got like the Rancor or something at your five. Yes, don't you? Yes, I thought about the the only answer, and I've got you beat. I I knew I knew that you were going to do that. Your boy Robbie Rose, and that's why I made my head coach Malakili the Rancor handler. (laughs) 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 That's that's where I got you, Smeltz. So he's (laughs) Malakili. Don't you love the movie when he starts crying? Yeah. Yeah. And also, so just as an aside, I think you make a great coach in general just because, you know, he's a sensitive soul, obviously takes, he cares for, you know, the people that he invests his time into. But anyways, he's just got your center by the gonads. You know, he tells him what to do. So when he says Rancor, stand down. But in the way that sort of, uh, Stan Van Gundy, who, who your boy looks like and Dwight Howard, you can flip. It can flip. You can flip on your, on, on your coach, the guy who leads you. Yes and no. I mean, it's the Rancor handler smells. I mean, it's not, <laughs> Van Gundy's not a dedicated Dwight Howard handler. That's your coach? Van Gundy. That's my coach right there. I'm not messing around, smells right at the top. Oh my god, we gotta tweet that out. I had you. Wait, Salacious B. Crumb, baby. My assistant. <laughs> <laughs> what does Salacious do? He's my assistant coach. He's there to yell at the refs. That's if you it. don't know, Salacious B. Crumb is, uh, in episode six, the job of the hut. <laughs> yeah, it's on his tail. Like, it's, the, yeah. the little clowny, lizardy, laughing thing. Guy. Um, but yo, so my, like, the point yo. is, the Wampa 
doesn't have there's no wampa handler. Nothing can handle the wampa. Yeah, except for when uh, the wampa wants uh, to get a frozen a frozen in Luke Skywalker. Well, the lightsaber, but that's not the point. There's no lightsabers in basketball, bro. If it weren't for the lightsaber, so I mean, he, he's not thinking about the force. He's just trying to dunk balls on your face. My team is going to dominate. Also, the ball is way too small for Rancor's hands. True. True. Uh, did you see Space Jam? It's, uh, monsters like that can, monsters could really easily handle the ball, and their hands were huge. They're like, Smelts. they're you're like ta- Odell Beckham ta- Jr. Don't even, that you're conflating Star Wars with Space Jam is really upsetting to it's me. It's the same of, galaxy in my mind. Anyways, what, who's uh, your other players? Come on. Uh, the last one is my power forward. Uh, so the, I wrote something here. As the league zigs, I zag. Okay, small balls big. Jeez, you really, you, you so really mad. think a lot. You, you get so mad. You really think a lot like of yourself, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you get so funny. Okay, so so and small balls all the rage. Yeah, Draymond Green plays the five. I'm gonna go big. Okay, so Rencor was my starting center. He's six sixteen feet tall. 3,600 pounds. Doesn't matter. I get the handler. He's okay, our, he's, okay, okay. My power forward. We're playing five on four right now. Is My power forward is Dianaga. Do you know who Dianaga is? is? <laughs> the garbage dumpster serpent from episode four. <laughs> okay? Good. Uh, right. Good pick. Quick. Yeah. Elusive. Really elusive. Well, if, yeah. Great IQ, to be honest. New, new once the, uh, the motor started turning with the walls crushing and it was like, I'm, get out I'm of out of here. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia says that it's 10 meters in height. 10 meters is at least 30 I gotta feet. see what this thing looks like. Um, you know, a 30 foot tall serpent as my power forward. Well, let with me tell quickness, you. With quickness. I'm not even, it's not, you know, stuck in the sand. Bottom line, you're gonna need him to be there because you're already playing five on four and <laughs> IG88's in control of the scoreboard. So. <laughs> Um, also, my, who's your coach? Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. It's, he's wise, tough, respected. An athlete in his own right, you know. You're in trouble, bro. He's in willing trouble. to sacrifice. Too honorable. Here's the fact. Willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good of the team. We saw that in episode one. He died for our sins. You think Qui-Gon Jinn's gonna get up in a, in a ref's face, complain about a, about a call? No. No. Have you seen the rest of Liam Neeson's work? His canon? Um, I think, I think Liam Neeson will. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. That is included within this realm of, of roster picking. Smells, you're reaching and you know it. We are. I can tell. <laughs> we attach uh, the way the actor portrays the guy and, uh, the way that he portrays it as like a tight ass who would never complain about a call. That's how he portrays it. That's. No, he, he, he sticks to his morals. So if the ref, says something wrong he's gonna go and correct no, the no he stick. would he would just internalize it be weird about it say some blase thing be a punk basically just be a punk your coach is is only good for one thing and that's it and my team is dominant negating your center oh yeah i would take that every time wait <laughs> I would say, i'm sorry I if i had a coach you know just in professional basketball that just like lulled your center to sleep you know oh yeah because it if 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 a player played for one coach and then like Mike, it's not like Mike Conley is lulled to sleep every time he plays Lionel Hollins. It's well, the same relationship. He's not a handler. The point is, he's a handler. It's the same relationship. If, if the Rancor handler tells him to lay down do you, and roll over, no, that's what he does. Do you does. think the Rancor the Rancor wasn't handled? It was guided. Okay, yeah, gu- exactly. Guided. So he could be guided, guided like a coach guides down. a player. It wasn't handled. It wasn't like Rank. What's his name? What's his name? Ma- Malakili. It's not like Malakili was saying, hey, Rancor, punch with your right, while well, I'm showing my left hand, and bite with your face. Who wasn't saying that? No, if he, he could tell the Rancor to do what he wanted to do. That's not, that's not the relationship that I picked up in the movie. Well, you're not a perceptive guy, so I forgive you. But uh, Salacious Pete Crumb is the assistant coach. Salacious Pete Crumb. <laughs> I was gonna have, I thought the obvious coach pick was Admiral Akbar, and I just didn't wanna, yeah, do really? that. Um, so, movie comes out, I'm seeing it, again, we're recording this on Wednesday, I'm seeing it tomorrow night. But do you like that I was one step ahead of you with the Rancor? Because I had the Rancor locked in my That's five, really good. and I knew, no, no, no. I knew I that you I think you gonna... beat me. I mean, I'll be honest. I... Well, just because of that, I mean, that's the one thing that and I And the freaking, uh, what was it? R5D4. <laughs> I just went and in. the IG88. 
Um, you can, can just to hedge my bets. Uh, but you guys, hey, tweet at us. Who won? <laughs> Is that something that people do? Yeah. Uh, Ooh, maybe we should give something out. Do we have a, uh, a thing? Let me look around. By the way, I, I have talked to Devin. I'm going to do, so last year I did an article on thebrookingame.com. You can check us out on our podcast there. You can check us out on iTunes, search glue, search glue guys. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, I already did it. Um, I already did, and I'm going to do it again. Weird NBA Christmas gifts. I'm Jewish, but Christmas is great. It's great sure. gift giving, you know, whatever. Um, I'm going to do it again. You'll see it on the Birkin game hopefully soon. I have to still cobble it together. Weird NBA Christmas gifts. Um, I may pick up a few from that. We still have from last year. So last year we, we bought, there was some like Friday the 13th sale. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure why. That's what it was. Uh, what it was like 30% off. Something, everything. So I bought, we still have a Darren Williams jersey. It was $13 for everything. Oh, was that it? It was amazing. It was an amazing sale. We still have a Darren Williams jersey and a Nets thong. Uh, we still are looking to give that away. Maybe we'll give it away next week because next week we're going to do end of the year grades for the team. Uh, we're going to go by each player and pick out, you know, A's, B's, C's, D's, all that stuff for each player along the Hollands, all that stuff. Uh, so catch us next week on thebrookengame.com. Well, just like that, huh? Thank you all for joining us, and uh, may the force be with you, Brian. And with you too, Mike Smeltz. Oh, we shouldn't give your whole name. What? What? It's the end of the show. We can't keep talking. That the, my outline was that one. Yeah, the end of the show, 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 the end of the show